Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Wake Up for Thursday, July 16th, 2020. Here's what's happening in the entertainment industry, media biz, and social platforms with a lot going on today, including more developments with Nick Cannon, Apple TV making a deal for Justin Timberlake, uh, or, well, his next movie, and John Hamm, Ad Age, UTA, Twitter, Instagram, and Simon Cowell all in the news. And, of course, a check-in with my favorite non-alcoholic brew, Athletic Brewing. And Netflix dropped the trailer for Power Pill. That's a new movie where a pill gives you a TBD superpower for five minutes, but you don't know what the power is going to be until you take it. So kind of like a four loco. That one stars Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and comes to Netflix on August 14th. The link to the trailer is, of course, in today's episode show notes. Now over to Hollywood. Well, Nick Cannon shot back with vigor at Viacom CBS yesterday in a lengthy Facebook post saying they somehow swindled him out of his ownership of Wild and Out and demanded that ownership back without giving any real specifics as to what that would entail. He also said that he reached out to Sherry Redstone to apologize and have a conversation, but was met with silence, something that Viacom soon called, quote, absolutely untrue. Nick also didn't really offer much in terms of an apology in his initial post regarding his comments, only saying he was sorry for putting his Jewish brothers and sisters in a painful position, and also saying that he has received an outpouring of love and support from the Jewish community on the matter. However, he did subsequently make a more direct apology for his comments in a second Facebook post last night, as well as on Twitter. The Hollywood Reporter has a piece with both statements that I put a link to in today's episode show notes for anyone inclined. Fox also announced that Nick will continue on as the host of The Masked Singer, according to Variety. Although Diddy also essentially tweeted out a job offer to Nick, telling him to come over to his black-owned network Revolt, saying, quote, we are for our people first. And two other items while we're here at Viacom CBS. CBS TV Studios has entered into a multi-year agreement with the NAACP to produce scripted, unscripted, and docu-projects, according to The Hollywood Reporter. It seems like the partnership would then jointly own the content, which would be for use on Viacom CBS properties and to sell to external streaming services. Speaking of which, Viacom sold yet another movie to Netflix. This time, it's the international rights to the next SpongeBob movie, according to Variety. Viacom already announced that the movie will premiere in the U.S. on their reformulated CBS All Access service next year. Town agency UTA has become the first major agency to make a new deal with the WGA, or Writers Guild of America, so that UTA agents can begin representing and making deals for, uh, well, writers. I'll put a link to the deadline piece in the episode notes, which has more particulars, but the one big headline seems to be that UTA is agreeing to be done with packaging fees. If the WGA also gets another major agency like WME or ICM on board to do so as well. And a couple of movie deals to round things out. Apple TV continued their newfound spending spree yesterday, acquiring the Justin Timberlake indie film Palmer, according to the trades. The Fisher Stevens-directed movie centers on a former high school football phenom who returns to his hometown after a stint in prison. No acquisition price was disclosed, and Miramax is trying to make Fletch happen again. John Hamm is going to take on the role and also produce the new Fletch movie that'll be directed by Greg Matola. This one will specifically focus on the second of the Gregory McDonald Fletch books, according to the trades. Next up, over to the media biz and social platforms. With Twitter's very bad, no good, horrible day yesterday, Instagram taking inspiration from TikTok. 
Simon Cowell takes full control of his hit TV franchises from Sony and a new editor-in-chief over at Ad Age. Oh, and today's pop quiz. How much did Fletch make at the U.S. box office in 1985? Let's give you an over-under of uh, $70 million on this one. In 1985 money, the answer after a break for a non-alcoholic beer from Athletic Brewing. So uh, yesterday kind of sucked. I somehow ran out of athletic beer. And gotta say, my lunch was a lot sadder. I mean, who knew that a salad was so boring without a beer? So needless to say, I'll be picking some more up at the grocery store today. I go with the Golden Ale, which just has 50 calories and is super refreshing. But they also make a juicy IPA with just 70 calories, as well as lagers and coffee stouts, all made with organic malt. And best of all, you don't even have to go to the store to get it. They ship to all 50 states, and the shipping is free when you order just two six-packs or more. Go to athleticbrewing.com shop and pick up two six-packs that uh, fit your palate. That's athleticbrewing.com shop and get your free shipping today. And, well, your beer. That direct link is also at the bottom of the episode show notes. And now the answer to today's pop quiz. Hope you uh, took the under. Fletch took in $51 million at the U.S. box office in 1985. That made Fletch the ninth highest grossing film of that year. In 2020 dollars, that would be about $120 million. So hope Chevy invested his paycheck wisely. Now over to the media biz and social platforms. Well, Twitter had a fun Wednesday, as I'm sure you heard. The accounts of several high-profile people from Joe Biden to Elon Musk to Kanye, as well as Apple and Uber, were all hacked yesterday, posting a cryptocurrency scam that enough people fell for to reportedly bring in almost $120,000 worth of crypto to the hackers before it was shut down, according to The Verge. Though oddly enough, Donald Trump's account was not targeted as far as we know, although let's face it, with some of the things that he's posted in the past, it'd be uh, hard to tell. But this was the biggest and highest profile hack in Twitter's existence thus far, causing them to freeze activity on several hundred thousand verified accounts for a few hours, and the hackers got full access to these accounts, including to DMs, so potentially more to come here in the days ahead. Over at Facebook, they're about to launch their new TikTok ripoff, I mean rival, called Instagram Reels here in the US, according to NBC News. It's a new function that allows you to pretty much do exactly what you can on TikTok, namely uh, create 15-second videos set to a vast library of music, and it'll also have a, quote, featured Reels section to uh, encourage discoverability. Facebook already launched the product in Brazil, France, and Germany, and launched it in India just this month as the TikTok ban went into effect there. It'll launch in the U.S. and 50 other countries in a, quote, matter of weeks, according to the NBC News report from Dylan Byers. But as Snapchat still has a solid business after being copied by Facebook into Instagram stories, it'll be interesting to see if this does much to stem the rise of TikTok here, barring, of course, any large move to ban it by the Trump administration. Most entertainment and tech companies seem to now slowly be coming to the realization that 2020 is going to be a wash in terms of most employees coming back to their offices. Snap, Amazon, The Washington Post, and Viacom CBS have all now stated that most, if not all, company employees will not be coming back to the company offices for the rest of the year. And let's face it, I doubt the heart of flu season in January on top of a vaccineless era of COVID will be a much better time either. But uh, hey, no reason to go there just yet. 
Simon Cowell has bought out Sony Music's interest in his Psycho Entertainment Company, that's S-Y-C-O, not the other Psycho, uh, for an undisclosed sum, according to Music Business Worldwide. So, Cowell now owns the Psycho Entertainment TV show formats outright, like The X Factor and Got Talent. In return, Sony Music gets full control of the back catalog and roster of current artists on the Psycho Music label. The X Factor now airs in 130 territories worldwide, and Got Talent currently has 76 different versions being produced around the world, all of which now belong to Simon Cowell. And a few notes in the news world. Former Details Magazine editor Dan Perez has been hired by AdAge as the new editor-in-chief, according to, well, AdAge. Perez had a brief stint at trying to revitalize Gawker last year and also recently put out a book about his years-long addiction to Oxy. The now sober Perez will oversee print, digital, video, social media, podcasts, and events at the trade publication. But some not great news coming out of the UK, as CNN noted that The Guardian announced plans to cut 180 staff members due to revenue shortfalls. However, over at Apple, they're doubling down on their commitment to Apple News, adding more local newspapers to the offering to create a local news section, covering four major cities to start, and they're also launching a new daily general news podcast called Apple News Today. A daily news podcast? (laughs) That'll never work. And in today's programming notes, the week of Peacock continues. I thought Peacock was pretty cool, by the way. Kind of felt like a pretty unique combo of the two dominant streaming product models embodied by Pluto, where you kind of watch scheduled live streaming channels of shows like you would on regular TV, and Netflix, where you can actively choose uh, specific things to stream. I streamed some live Premier League soccer on one of their channels and may have also watched half of a 21 Jump Street episode on their 80s mixtape channel, but I also streamed a couple of 30 Rock episodes at my leisure, all for free. Not bad. I could also easily see Viacom taking great uh, inspiration from Peacock as they reimagine CBS All Access for the expanded relaunch next year. Speaking of 30 Rock, though, a brand new remotely shot episode airs tonight, which has a theme of being a Peacock and NBC fall schedule preview, I think. Kind of curious what this is exactly, but guess we'll find out tonight at 8 p.m. on NBC. Although over half the country will have to wait to watch it on Peacock tomorrow, as several major NBC local affiliate TV stations said they're not going to air it, according to Vulture, as the special basically promotes Peacock, which is something they don't have a financial stake in. But over in the much more peaceful Netflix universe, where everyone holds the company line, they're dropping a movie called Fatal Affair, starring Omar Epps and Nia Long. It's about, uh, well, if you saw Fatal Attraction, you pretty much get it, except the guy is the mentally unstable one here, and hopefully minus the money. It's also Netflix earnings report day later this afternoon, so we'll get an update on their latest subscriber counts worldwide. Uh, Place your bets. But we'll finish out with Maroon 5, whose bass player is taking a break from the band. He's taking some time away to deal with repercussions from an arrest for alleged domestic abuse last month, according to Deadline. Not really sure what song to segue out of that with, but uh, it's summer, and this has summer in the title, so I'm uh, not going to overthink it. And that's all for today. My only ask is to email a link of this fine and free podcast to a professional colleague or a client that you'd love to seem smarter than. I mean, let's face it, it's about time you put Daryl in his place. Have a great day, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. She wants it, I-